Hi, you're listening to Matt, Matt, and Jen, Transmissions from the Dark Side, and I'll be listening soon. This is Tom Savini, signing off. (laughs) This week on Transmissions from the Dark Side. Werewolves. Richard Belzer. A classic line read. Enter if you dare. Welcome to Transmissions from the Dark Side, where we're watching every episode of seminal 90s horror anthology monsters and reporting it back to you. I almost said horror like three times mm-hmm. there. I went, seminal <laughs> 90s horror anthology. That's how spooky it is. <laughs> it's so spooky. Uh, welcome to the show. I am Matt Noss with me at the table. My Two best friends in the whole wide world, if it isn't Jen Hansen and Matt Rose. Yay! We're together again as long as our... As long as Delta lets us. As long as Delta... Delta Burke, who is upstairs watching Matt's child. Right. Well, she she was like, you were my biggest fan during my Designing Woman days. And I was like, yeah, I was. I love that show. And uh, she's like... Now let me carry you. <laughs> And that's why there was only, only one, one set, set of footprints. footprints. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so if this is your first time listening, yeah, it's that kind of show. Um, thank you so much for joining us. What we do around these parts is we do, in fact, watch Anthology Horror. That is a different scary story every single week. The scary's in hard quotes because we're watching Monsters this week's episode. It was called Werewolf of Hollywood. Uh, It is customary around these parts that we guess what the episode is about based on title alone. Does anybody want to go first? (laughs) I'll go. Go ahead. ahead, It's 1987, and a meek production assistant on The Price is Right is put in charge of Mr. Bob Barker's wardrobe. One day, she notices a strange label in the jacket pocket, Suits by Werewolf of Hollywood. (laughs) Who is the mystery man delivering these suits in the dead of night? Where do the contestants who guess over the actual price keep disappearing to? Why does Bob Barker have a tail? Ooh. <laughs> Very nice. Thank you. Uh, I'll go, Matt. Oh, thanks. Matt, you see, before I, you go, we do have to say that your, your dark side guesses are some of Jen and my favorite things. Traditionally, Matt puts in the time. Does the work. Matt Noss and I are here picking our teeth. Flying <laughs> by the seat of our pants. Oh, we got to write a thing? Eh, <laughs> fart. Flop. We fart. Flop. Um, and then, by the way, my guest this week is no exception. <laughs> <laughs> so, Matt, you get a freebie. Okay. So, this week, Matt is like, I don't know about this one, guys. It's only two sentences. And both of us are like, that's enough. You've earned it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I had a whole thing written that was like five or six paragraphs, and I crossed it out because I 
couldn't figure out where to end it. You disliked it, it so much, you crossed it out about 400 times. Yeah, I see your... It knows what you, it did. <laughs> you basically made a crosshatch over it. Like, yes. I, I never want to see that. In case we accidentally read it. Yeah, I never yeah. want to see that bad story idea again. Right. Here we go. Sure, Larry Talbot is a werewolf, or is a wolf man, but so what? At least he's not a Trumper, am I right? <laughs> Hollywood. Hollywood. All right, Matt. Barton Fink. Barton Fink. <clears throat> Werewolf of Hollywood. This lingerie store isn't doing enough business. Move over, Frederick. There's a new wolf in town. A boob wolf. Wolf points. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, none of these guesses were correct. So, Jen, please hit us up with them sweet deeds. Matt, would you please whisper sweet deeds into the mic? Thank you so much. All right, good. <clears throat> Werewolf of Hollywood. This was season three, episode 20. Guys, we got four more to go. Four oh more. My God. Four more eps. Four, four more, more eps. Barton Fink. Barton Fink. <laughs> uh, this episode aired February 10th, 1991. Here is the description from IMDb. IMDb. A frustrated, ambitious scriptwriter plans to use the information that one of the top producers in the Hollywood studio he's working for might be a werewolf to finally advance his career. Was that a sentence that made sense? Sure. Great. Our episode was directed by Thomas J. Whelan. Uh, mostly works as a unit production manager. Uh, he's also a location manager. A unit production manager is a term from the Directors Guild of America. is responsible for budgets, shooting schedules, and managing the day-to-day business side of a production. The production manager also oversees what's known as below-the-line crew. I didn't mm. know what it was and had to look it up, so <laughs> now you know too. Uh, but he was location manager for some cool movies. He was location manager for the Royal Tenenbaums. Oh, nice. Wow. One of my favorite films. Uh, this is his only directing credit. And I will say, I thought the direction in this episode was pretty good. Didn't direction, have a problem with that. Mm, no. Uh, episode was written by Ron Goulart by a, from a story by Ron Goulart. He uh, is a sci-fi writer, uh, uncredited writer on Tech War. He wrote a couple <laughs> of episodes of Thundercats, and he wrote the Tales from the Dark Side episode, Printer's Devil. I oh, remember wow. that episode. Yeah. <clears throat> so he likes to write about writers. Yes, he does. Write <laughs> what you know. Richard Belzer played Buzz Hunkle. The Bells. The Bells. Uh, I had a friend of mine in high school gave me a copy of uh, of Richard Belzer's book, uh, How to Be a Stand-Up Comedian. And I still have it to this day. And it is uh, mostly just bits, mostly just bits about 80s comedy. Uh, but it, uh, it had some lovely advice. And I've always, I've always enjoyed that book. So, I, so The Bells has a special place in my heart. Uh, but his IMDb profile describes him as a social misfit, was kicked out of every school he ever attended due to his uncontrollable wit, uh, which is how I would describe myself uh. as well. Um, wrestler Hulk Hogan hurt him while demonstrating yes. a wrestling Sleeper move holds. on a television show called Hot Properties in 1985. He was knocked unconscious and required stitches on his head. He sued Hogan for $5 million, but later settled out of court. He played the same character in six different primetime series. Uh, one of them was uh, Homicide Life on the Street, right? Ding, that's one. Yeah. That's the originating series. Can you name... Uh, Law and Order... Ding, that's... Law and Order SVU. 
Ding. Law and order criminal intent. Eh. God, I don't know any of the other law and orders, guys. Law and order trial by jury. Don't know that one. Never even heard of that. Uh, The X-Files. Oh, that's right. The Beat. He was a guest appearance. It was a guest appearance in the short-lived UPN series. All right. Uh, he had a cameo in the fourth to last episode of Damon's, David Simon's HBO series, The Wire Took. Oh, wow. um, the appearance brought the character Munch full circle as the character was born out of Simon's first series, Homicide. And the scene is he's hanging out at a police bar commenting on his experience owning a bar, which he did in Homicide. Uh, he has played that character continually since uh, 1993 with Homicide Life on the Street. And uh, he is currently the longest running character on U.S. primetime drama television. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, he, also, has he won any awards for that? It uh, doesn't seem like it. Just, just doing the Lord's work. Just, just being himself. Just being himself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he is a cousin of Henry Winkler. You're kidding oh, wow. me. No. Uh, David Leary was Billy Marin. Billy Marin? Was that his name? Uh, sure. Billy. Let's call him Billy. Mariner. Mariner. Mariner? Okay. Yeah. Uh, my info just says Marin, but uh, handful of Law and Orders. Uh, he was in the movie Pollock. I think he was a brother or something. <laughs> Geraldine Lear played Vicky. She uh, is a uh, working actress with a lot of a uh, handful of credits on some good shows. And uh, Shelley Berman played Leo, Leo or Mr. Tantowski. Uh, as a comedian, actor, writer, and teacher, in his comedic career, he was awarded three gold records, and he won the first Grammy Award ever for a spoken comedy recording in 1959. Holy crap. Wow. Uh, played Larry David's father on Curb Your Enthusiasm, a role for which he received a 2008 Emmy Award nomination. Oh, wow. Uh, Berman taught humor writing at the University of Southern California for more than 20 years. Holy crap. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Died at the age of 93. Wow. A full life, yeah. a full career. Yeah. He's one of those guys that I don't think ever, he had a moment, but it didn't necessarily, it, it got overshadowed a lot. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's somebody that people in comedy would like talk about, like they would talk about Charlie Absolutely, because there was that period, the... there was a period where he was the biggest comic in the world, mm-hmm. and then Lenny Bruce kind of happened. Oh, and it, it, I think that's super interesting because because Lenny Bruce usually overshadows him, and yeah. it's probably only because Lenny Bruce died. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> like Lenny Bruce probably would have been in episodes of Monsters had he. Yeah, <laughs> there's no <laughs> doubt in my mind because basically the legacy stops. Yeah, mm-hmm. so the story becomes bigger than. You know, there was a long period of time where that dude wasn't funny at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And it just would have gotten worse as yeah. he got older and his brains left him. Yeah. So that is what that is. That is what that is. Is that a... That's, uh, that's about it. That's about all I got. Hey, honey, it's family hour. Must be something on. Oh, Crispy Cruz is my favorite. I love that it's just always his voice. <laughs> <laughs> All I have to do is say oh twice, so I get it. Oh, 
Oh, look, it's it's Monsters. It's a favorite show. Hey, it's starting over here. Hey, I'm walking here with Crispy Critters. Let's oh, watch it. Let's watch it. Let's the, watch it indeed. The door from the monsters swings wide open. <laughs> pentagram. You, you got, got the, the cutest, cutest little pentagram. pentagram. The movie. <laughs> you know you always want to summon a dark lord and <laughs> hurl a silver sword <laughs> in here. The glitz. The glamour. <laughs> you are in a Hollywood writer's office. Oh. So what was with the music in the beginning of this? It. Did not fit the scene. Hooray for everything. It was like, yeah, they had leftover. It's like they had leftover music. They bought like seconds and irregulars and they were like, just fucking throw it anywhere in an episode. (laughs) Music episodes need music. So just put some music in it. My understanding is episodes need music. (laughs) Legally, we are contractually obligated to put music on it. Somebody was throwing this public domain Hollywood's greatest hits in the toilet. (laughs) <laughs> so I smacked it down on the ground. I and, said no, uh, and I scratched all the tracks except this one, <laughs> which is a real, real weird take on "Hooray for Hollywood." Yeah, I, I just I have to say one thing: I miss the Giesen stacks. Sure, that music was good. Yeah, this music oh, yeah. terrible. This is riding out the clock. We are yeah, now. Yeah, I'll true, be true, very true, 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 interested true, true. to see if we have another solid episode in in the final four. Oh, undoubtedly, no. Yeah. I mean, did Tales from the Dark Side go out with a bang? No. No, no it went out with a fucking gasp. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But not a scary one. <laughs> no, just a death look, rattle. Yeah. Look, right now the doctors are in the hallway consulting the family. <laughs> And here we are with Werewolf of Hollywood. They've done everything they can. Literally, everybody knows <laughs> that Monsters is over. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, we're still going. But you know who loves paychecks? Richard Belzer? Richard Belzer. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> Belzer shows up. He's great in this. He's, he... he's selling. There are a few times during this episode of which any normal human being would go, are we going to do a rewrite, re- <laughs> rewrite on this? Yeah. This is... The Bells is a consummate professional. Yeah. He, or professional, he is in it. And he goes for it. So I, I said this to you guys when we were watching the episode. Because you commented on how, like, how did he read that line and mm-hmm. not lose it? And I said that... I really don't think the monsters and Tales from the Dark Side sets were, you know, jocular environments where everyone was cracking jokes and, and having fun. You were on Monsters or Tales from the Dark Side. It was a dour, it was a dour event. You Well, I'm sure like you were there for a paycheck and that's But to it. get through it with a straight face, even like he delivered okay. We'll we, get we have there. to get to the line. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we're we're in the office of this writer. And Lita Ford is going through his files. See, I thought she was a member of Vixen myself. Okay, that's fair. The black velvet is all I know. Yeah. <laughs> and um she is looking at zombie honeymoon. She's looking at all these movies that I'm presupposing the character wrote. Oh, you mean Buzz Hunkle? <laughs> when uh, you say the character, you're talking about Buzz Hunkle? Oh, Buzz Hunkle? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Buzz Hunkle enters his office, is like, lady dee 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 dee, sees Lita Ford and is like, humming, what the hell? What, what are a you? woman in my office. 
Uh, and then she delivers the line, Buzz Hunkle, it's you. <laughs> Which at that point, you know, could just be some sort of, you know, local expression. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. That's very true. It's an old Buzz Hunkle. Yeah. Buzz Hunkle, I don't believe it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I haven't seen you in a Buzz Uncle. <laughs> You're cuter than a Buzz Uncle. Uh, that baby's got that Buzz Uncle. Mm-hmm. Did you know? But the doc- that? the doctor I mean, says it'll clear up. Okay, I just I don't want to I don't want to lie when they ask. You know, have no, you seen just, it? Just didn't say he's got the the BHs. Yeah. <laughs> They'll know. They'll yeah they they know what they did. Uh, so she knows of him as a writer. He thinks she's there. Why does he? Th- it wasn't. This, I, I, I don't recall. My problem with the episode, and I know we'll we'll get to this later, but overall, I feel like this is more of a treatment for a movie. Like this could have been a movie. Like all of this needed to be way expanded. Like it just goes really fast. They just glance over all of right. these plot points. Basically, not the, a good movie. The actual. The actual author of the script has been rejected everywhere. Yeah. And Monsters said, well, your script is 78 pages. Can you make it two? <laughs> Can you make it a leaflet? <laughs> and Just he's hum like, a few bars. Well, you, you're, Can you boil it down to a chick tract? Yeah. <laughs> they were playing Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> Boo. Anyway, um, Buzz Hunkel stops. Our, is it Lisa? What is her name? Vicky Romer. Okay. Where did I get Lisa? <laughs> is it Lita Ford? Yeah, yeah I think yeah. Been Lita Ford. So Vicky Romer is uh, is our female antagonist, I guess, and or protagonist. Pr- protagonist yeah. or v- Vicky Romer is there. With the bell. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to just... Just call them the bells. The bells. I mean, Buzz Hunkle. It's great. <laughs> cut all of this. No, no, no. no, no keep no. it. You so it's keep, so you cold. You have to keep it in. So dumb. They need so to good. know. <laughs> they need to know what so, you did. Okay. All right. Going, going, all right forward, here we going, go. for, going forward, Buzz we call Hunkle's, him the bells. Okay. Buzz Hunkle is now the bells. Yes. Okay. And, and she... I, I, will, I will go with Jen. I will say Lita Ford. Vicky Romer is now Lita Ford. Okay. Now the ground rules have been laid. It's like we're playing Dreamcast. Okay. All right. Got it. So here we go. The Bells stops Lita Ford dead in her tracks and goes, where's my silver pen award? (laughs) She could have been in the middle of a sentence about how she wanted to wed him and bed him and, you know. Do you think he's like bleh, 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 yeah. uh, my silver? Where's pen? my silver pen? And I write, oh god, it's Chekhov's silver pen, <laughs> <laughs> which it truly is. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm real. just because I'm just you know like, it's made of real silver in this episode <laughs> called Werewolf of Hollywood. <laughs> wink. Ah, <laughs> this wink is so hard that it caused paralysis. Yeah, his face <laughs> fell off. So. The Bells finds the Silver Pen Award, but it's in the garbage. Why was it in the garbage? Did we see, did I miss, because I was writing, the the bookcase, I guess, was wobbly, 
And that's why it fell in the garbage. I think it had just, she didn't put it in the garbage. No, I think it was just in the trash. Yeah. Okay, so this makes... This means nothing. Yeah. This was a waste of time. It was. Like, if she would have been doing it backed up and the wobbly bookcase dumped the yeah. the silver pen into the garbage? It would have been... I mean, they have enough conversation that she he could have said, I don't need you to come and help me work on the script. That's why she's there, by the way, to help him work on a script. Yeah. I don't need your help. I took the silver pen award. Correct. Look, it's made of real silver. It could kill a werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been better. Right. If he would have, if he would have said something dumb like that in jest, at least it would be tongue in cheek, mm-hmm. and I would have been like, "All right, okay, all right, I guess I'll just take my cheek and then take my tongue, take my tongue, and just reintroduce, <laughs> just reintroduce them to each other." Hello, darkness, my old friend. Right, here we go. Because, because it's so obvious that this pen will be used to murder a werewolf right. later. Yes. So she has she been... enters a phase basically called business, business, business. Yeah. She is what I took away from it is she has been brought in by Leo uh, because Leo doesn't like the script that Buzz Hunkle is writing off of uh, off of the treatment that Leo has done. Yeah, he wants him to follow the outline exactly. Yeah, but who is this person and why is she here? No idea. Never explained. Does she have any experience? Who knows. Uh, the story we learn is about a top Hollywood executive who is a werewolf and there is a producer that is going to a heroic, a heroic producer, producer that is going to, uh, expose, expose him. him. And so uh, I, th- I, th- I think this is when they, don't they confront him and they're, and they're like, well, so why, why are, are you even writing this? And he just he w- he was saying that he d- he just wanted to be under the radar. Mm-hmm. He just wanted to release this into theaters without anybody knowing. Yeah. Um, and I think that's when he kind of gave the description, and I believe that was the act break. Right, because uh, he goes. Uh, Did Leo come in by this point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Leo, he, Leo's yeah, in Leo there. was in, and he was the one talking about how it's uh, you know, a heroic young producer who. Find you know finds that the the main executive at the studio is a is a wolf man and whatnot. But we got to know that there's only three things that you need for a horror movie: blood, bullets, bullets. bras, boobies. <laughs> the outline is weak. Yep, and then it ends with this fantastic line read of Lita Ford saying, "It's a full moon tonight," and then our boy. Not the bells. Leo, Leo, Shelly Berman. Shelly Berman. Leo goes, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Act break. (laughs) And we'll be back with more monsters after this. Yay! Greetings, citizens. I'm Space Ghost. What do you get when you cross a zombie with a raven? A very dead bird. Yes, sir. Dead as a doornail. Dead as what you get. Yeah. Who's the geezer? Also visiting tonight is my granddad, all the way from Boca Raton. Hey, what do you think of Lassie, Hulk? <laughs> well, I'm a, I'm an animal lover. I don't think I'd want to. No, I wouldn't either. Russell Lassie. I wish Lassie was my pet. Me too. But Dad Turner won't let us have pets in the studio ever since Banjo. 
Banjo! Ted Turner? Who's that? Ted owns a Sorak. He can push us around. Even you, Hulk. Well, I don't know. What if Ted made you do Xeroxing all day? In an apron? Would your pile drive him? He's you would, wouldn't you? Because <laughs> you're a tough guy. You're Mr. Tough. He's got pretty big arms the last time I saw him because he's been working out with his wife, Jane Fonda. I'm Fonda Fonda. And she's a fitness expert. Yes, I'm Fonda Bridget. Fonda. Be quiet, brown nose. Hey, I don't have a nose. Who's the most powerful man in the Turner organization? Fonda. Hulk Hogan or Ted Turner? Uh, I would say Ted. Ted. Then Space Ghost. <laughs> And I'd, then the Hulkster. I'd love to see if I could body sign that big dude. Yep, I hear that. Whoa, Daddy. <laughs> Back at you. Hey, Barbarone. <laughs> Thank you for being on our little show, Citizen John. Thank you. Sleeper on Zorak? I don't think any of us, anybody like you, or any of the little Space Ghost kids out there, all those fans yours, should ever try any wrestling holes at home. Uh, you should never put the sleeper on, on your boys and your little girlfriends and... Uh. Oh! It's so good. So it's so stupid and so good. And there wasn't anything... Like just finding like it on TV, there wasn't anything that was was like it then. There is nothing like Space Ghost. Yeah, still to to this day, there is nothing like Space. So Ghost. it was so entertaining, and it was weird, but not in a way that like everything that came after on Adult Swim. There's tons of funny stuff, but there's always everything just seems slightly more forced than Space Ghost ever did to me. Space Ghost is effortlessly subversive. Yeah. Like it just, the conceit is so ironclad. Yeah. But like whenever you read any stories about how they did it, literally nobody knew what was happening. <laughs> <laughs> like they had no idea. I don't think I've ever read anything about it. I've watched oh, a ton of it. But. They talk about how like all the interviews were basically done in like a month period. Okay. Oh, wow. Because people would just come into the Turner. There would be, it was people who were coming to the Turner offices. Oh, wow. Okay. And they would be doing like, you know, some promotional thing. And they would just look at the list and see who they could grab. Yeah. I mean, there's like, or they would get into a circuit for uh, promotional circuits. Yeah. You know, like, I forget, junkets. Yeah. Yeah. They would just be in a junket. And, and just be the dumbest part of the per, the people's day. Yeah. And all they could get was like five minutes. Right. So it would just be them <laughs> doing it. And like these cold reactions, like, because there's no animation. Right, right. There's right, nothing right, right. to let them know what's happening. Wasn't it, was it a guy in a space ghost costume? I thought at one point they did the interviews. Somebody was wearing like the suit. I have like, to reread the, the oral history of yeah. space ghost. But oh, I would is, love to read that. It, it's great. I think The Onion did it, or okay. The AV Club. That sounds about right. Because they, they did the Pavement episode, <laughs> which is one of my oh, favorite so episodes. Good. Oh, it's so good. The Ramones episode, though. Oh, God. <sighs> I think it's the, um, I, th I think it's Sleeper. I think it's the same one with Hulk Hogan. They have Slash on. <laughs> and it's just Slash, just just flat, 
for like just a second. They just stare at each other, and, and Space Ghost just goes, "Where are your eyes?" <laughs> and then Slash just completely goes. He's like, "I told you guys, I didn't want to do this. I didn't want to do this thing. I don't know what's happening." <laughs> God damn it! It's so Space funny. Band, please welcome the Ramones. Thanks, man. Hey, Joey. Okay, then. Identify yourselves, Ramones. Hi, I'm Johnny Ramone. And I'm Marky Ramone. And I'm Joey. And I'm CJ. And I'm Zorak Ramone. And I'm Moltar Ramone. They're not really Ramones. Say, fellas, tell us about your new record. Acid Eaters. That's our latest album. It's a cover album of uh, songs that were recorded in uh, generally in around the 1967-68 period of time. And it's just now coming out? <laughs> <laughs> Say, guys, on your third album, Rocket Fuel... Whoops. Too many Cokes. <laughs> hey, tell me about your music. It's snappy. It's always meant for rebellious kids. Rebellious? Uh, we're a bunch of punks. Hmm. Well, you just listen to me, you punks. I don't want any trouble from you. This is a good show. This is a clean show. This is a good clean show. You ever get a wedgie in tights? It's not pleasant. <laughs> uh... <laughs> this is going as well as the Letterman Madonna interview. Yup. All right then, you punks. Your musicians make something up for me. Well, you help out. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, wait, wait. That's catchy. It was subliminal. That was that was the instrumental part. Ah, uh, do the word part. How about <laughs> space go, space ghost, you're the most from coast to coast. Listen, we have to go. Bobcat invited me to a party with a party cake and lemonade and paper hats, and you can't come because you're punks and punks don't go to parties. Hey, you guys got a cake. It's a nice chocolate vanilla. There's plates right hey, there. Hey, where'd you guys get that cake? You want a piece of this? Yeah. That's my party cake. Where did you guys get my party cake? Who gave them my party cake? I want my party cake. That was specifically, definitely for Bobcat and me. Zorak, did you give them my party cake? Uh, what party cake? Ah, uh, the best. Best in the biz. And we're back. And now it just gets more convoluted. So the the higher up producer, the studio exec or something comes in. Billy Mariner. Billy Mariner. Because uh, at this point, the Bells is on a bike, a a stationary stationary bike. bike. (laughs) Because of course he is. And he's like riffing ideas about the script. At one point, did he already grab the saxophone? No. He grabs it. When does he grab a saxophone? Did you guys not see him grab a saxophone? I don't recall a saxophone. He goes over to the corner and like he looks like he's going to start playing the sax, but then he doesn't play the sax. Did I imagine the bells playing the saxophone? <laughs> I mean, What's wrong I, with me? I, no, he does. He does play a saxophone. Well, is it during this part? I don't know. <laughs> I thought it was before this part. We're gonna we're gonna get to the bottom of this <laughs> right now. All right, let's see. It's not at the beginning. I think it's after Leo comes in. Okay. Billy or Leo? Bi- uh, Leo. Hmm. So it's I think it's first act. 
Oh, you, you think it's first act? I thought so. Mr. Tandowski, what is the story anyway? Buzz seems to have closed the album. I left it with my hopes and dreams, and you'll tell it. The basic idea is sequence runner. Okay, all right. Okay, Jen. Okay. You weren't going crazy. You were. Thank God. All right, so I don't know how I missed this detail. I don't know how you guys missed it. Of Richard Belzer going into the corner and grabbing a saxophone and then doing fuck all with it. And then he just noodles with it for a while, but doesn't, I don't think he plays it. Definitely doesn't. Yeah, I I think I would have noticed, I would have written that down if if Bell started wailing on a saxophone. Would you? Because you didn't see him take it at all. Well, that's because he didn't play it. He just. Uh, All right, that's fair. Yeah, but he does caress it lovingly. Yeah. But here was something I noticed uh, during this movie is how bad these transfers are. Mm, yes. And uh, how e- even the most blunt dialogue or blunt sign written mm-hmm. is illegible. Mm, because yeah, yeah. in the first act, when we see uh, zombie ho- honeymoon, honeymoon, yeah, I read zombie hospital, hospital, hospital and we freeze framed it. And it was still like a it, discussion. Is it a blue dress yeah. or a white dress? Yeah. <laughs> it was still very much a discussion instead of like, oh, yeah, that's totally zombie hospital or a honeymoon. And it was an important discussion to have, even though we all have families. <laughs> <laughs> we are so happy that we spent that much time. Yeah. Uh, as are our families. Uh so then, is this when Billy comes in now? Yeah, so now it's act two. Belzer is spitting out ideas on a, on a stationary bike, and in walks uh, Billy. Billy is Mr. Cigar. I don't think he is seen in a scene where he doesn't have a cigar, or it's a werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> so he comes to thank Leo, uh, and he gives him... Uh, a, a, an envelope as a token of his appreciation for all the hard work he's done. And he leaves. Uh, and, and Leo's like, oh, this is bad. This, this is, is a really kiss bad. of death, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so Vicky does not understand any of this. And she's like, I don't get it. It's, it's a gift of appreciation. He opens it. Oh, it's a bonus. Well, isn't a bonus good? No, a bonus is a kiss of death. Oh, it's bigger than I thought. Why is that bad? <laughs> What's so funny? Every, everything about what you're doing is... Spot on. Correct. And also hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) Because it is it is almost verbatim that. (laughs) And also, I cannot believe we watched this. (laughs) (laughs) And we're like, oh yeah, this is good. This is nonsense. This is yeah. This This is beyond like uh just um come along for the ride. This ride is just like (laughs) All gas, no brakes. <laughs> it, that's what I was saying. That like this could have been a decent, you know, B movie or something. Yeah. You know, where they have more time to be at the library, <laughs> have other characters. Right now, it's like a stage play that makes no sense because yeah. every person we've ever talked about in this universe is now it in has the to room. exist in yeah. this space, and their conversations are so. Forced, yeah, yeah, and it's like, oh no, this is a kiss of death. And then, you know, Bells has to basically echo it, so it's said twice. So now we know it's a truth in this world. It's right. like, oh, it's a big check. That's bad. 
See, big checks are bad. <laughs> Here in this room, big checks bad. <laughs> you know, like, that's what's happening here. Yeah. Dumb. So. So. Leo. All, the second act is long because they, uh, like, Billy leaves, Leo leaves, and then. Um, it's nighttime. It's, it's full moon. It's a full moon. They're working on the script. Bells and well, Lita Buzz Ford. Buzz is narrating the script to himself, okay. and Lita comes back in. Um, now they have a conversation about Leo, where uh, the Bells goes. He's got toys in the attic, and those toys are they're making broken. yeah. They're not making noise. They're broken. <laughs> right? Is that a, is that the expression? I didn't toys think so. I don't know. I mean, I've heard the phrase toys in the attic before, but I... I've heard of the Aerosmith album. Yeah, I just I thought that it was literally toys in an attic. Yeah. But so. don't worry. During this conversation, there is a very subtle wolf <laughs> right <laughs> immediately... Oh! <laughs> I, what I need to let you know about Leo is... <laughs> I'm a werewolf! <laughs> I need me. Red meat, blah. I'm a Dracula werewolf. I am the thing of which Underworld was written about. (laughs) So Wolfman knocks over some garbage cans, as you would imagine a Wolfman to do, and so they look out the window, uh, and I think I think. I think you hear Leo. Oh, 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 oh. Subtle. I, I, oh. I, I, the, the Foley work in this movie. Subtle. Just whispered. I was just going to keep it going yeah, the whole time. And then it's like a man screaming, oh my God, a werewolf. What do you think's going on out there? I, I don't know. It's a I'm werewolf. being murdered by a werewolf. Oh, it's a werewolf. That's bad. <laughs> yes. It could be anything, I guess. I'm not going out there. Help me. I'm a werewolf. <laughs> I mean, wait. I mean, I'm not a werewolf. <laughs> not anymore. They go out to investigate. Well, werewolf? she's going to go out to investigate. And he says, no, you can't go out there. Uh, so he does it. And then he says, oh, God, it was something like, are you coming? Um, it was. Eh. There was it was it was playful banter of a. Uh, his girl Friday variety. Exactly. Which is, yeah, it's fine. But when you have six minutes to establish the entire relationship, I. Uh, doesn't doesn't work. No. Doesn't. Uh so they find Leo. Leo is mauled and dead. And they immediately run back inside and call the police. <laughs> oh no. They just sort of barely react to it. They can they can hear something moving around in the studio. So they just I'm pretty sure there is an actual wolf howl yeah. in the studio. Yeah. Real, what could it be? Really subtly, uh, a werewolf with tap shoes. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's like the the bells is like oh no Leo oh no Lita Ford look Leo's dead stay with him uh, I'm gonna go look over here why 
Yeah, you know. Okay. Um, let's not. Uh, by the way, can we not turn on any lights? Let's just keep it dark in here. Oh well, there's werewolf. Hey, what'd you see over there? I don't know. Saw the werewolf of Hollywood. Lights. <laughs> oh wait, but guys, the werewolf's jacket got caught right. on a nail. Okay. Oh, there, that there, is important. Thank there, you, Matt. This is very important. There, there is a moment. And let's just talk about this moment, this sexy moment where Bells meets Wolf, and they lock eyes, and the wolf like looks at him and is like, "I you know fuck you." Fuck a werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> you got a saxophone. <laughs> hey, you like you like you, fucking, ever, uh, you like fucking werewolves? You ever uh, get pleased by a wolf? <laughs> Classy show. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's an act break, guys. Yes, it is an act yeah. break. He rips his shirt. He runs off. And that's the act break. And we'll be back with more transmissions from the dark side after this. Oh! Well, what are you doing here? We're... <laughs> In the year 2044, the most powerful drug known to man is called tech. An electronic mind stimulant so powerful that fantasy and reality seem one and the same. And if you deal in tech, you'd better be able to pay the price. The court finds you guilty and sentences you to 15 years in cryogenic incarceration. Now, sentenced to a state of frozen suspension, ex-cop Jake Cardigan, wrongly convicted of dealing tech and the death of his partners, is about to return to the living. One slip, one contravention of your parole, and it's back inside. Determined to prove his innocence, he begins a relentless search to find his unknown enemy. And there's one man that can help. Jake, if there was something more I could do for you, what would that be? Help me clear my name. And with Jake's new partner... I'm an android. A level 10. At least. They're about to embark on a deadly game where there are no rules. Are you a sports fan, Cardigan? If you don't back off, the tech lords will kill you. We have some unfinished business, Jake. I don't do business with tech lords. Why my partner's all dead, I'm still alive. What's real, what's not, isn't always easy to figure. This is where you killed your partners, right where you're standing. You know where he is, don't you? to survive in a future world where things aren't always as they seem. Greg Ethigan, Eugene Clark, Tori Higginson, with special appearances by William Shatner and Sheena Easton. Fuck her up. Tech War. I take that back. I'm sorry, guys. William Shatner's wow. Tech War. Are we yeah. a Tech War podcast? We we might be <laughs> Why after seeing that. Every fucking pee popping right now. That sucks. Uh, I love the the Simpsons bit where they're uh, it's it's the PTA has disbanded episode, I think, right? Um, or the teacher the teachers go on strike uh, because the only uh, the only supplies they have in their classroom are um, the periodic table from um, Oscar Mayer. 
just asking them what the uh, atomic weight of balonium is. And then the only the only books they have to teach from are the ones that have been banned by other schools. <laughs> Skinner says, the children have to learn about tech war sometime, Edna. <laughs> was that the one where, for some reason, Milhouse took off his shirt and was pouring ketchup on it? Ketchup on his, on his belly? I don't remember. Pretty sure. Okay. And Martin was in a cage, right? And he was like... Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's the yeah. episode with Milhouse and the ketchup. And we're back. Um, make sure you check out check, Tech War. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Guys, you got to get on Tech War. If we don't get a chance to uh, to podcast every episode or movie, of, of, movie or of Tech War. Every Tech War. Uh, we're going to broadcast about all the Tech Wars. Yeah. <laughs> the Tech Wars to come. Uh so the next day, I guess, and uh, Bells is looking at a paper. The headline of the paper is some cover-up of Leo's murder. Yeah, he died in a car crash, which yeah. is the way studios take care of someone who's brutally murdered yeah. on a soundstage. Uh, and uh, uh, Bells is explaining Billy Mariner is the werewolf. Oh, and this is this is when he yes, says the insane this is, line. This is the yeah. line. This is so the line. We this just have to get to it. And hey, wait a minute. You know when that thing ran by me last night? It caught its sleeve on a flat. And if there's some threads from one of those custom sport jackets on there mixed in with some werewolf hairs, then old Billy's gonna have a lot of explaining to do, isn't he? <laughs> I wasn't ready for it cold. Like I yeah. found that cold. Nice. Very well done. Uh, well done. Also, that is. Can we hear it one more time, yes, please? please? Yeah. Hey, wait a minute. You know when that thing ran by me last night, it caught its sleeve on a flat. And if there's some threads from one of those custom sport jackets on there mixed in with some werewolf hairs, then old Billy's going to have a lot of explaining to do, isn't he? I don't know. Is there a is there an, a cut in the editing right there? Because how the entire cast and crew did not stand up and applaud Richard yeah. Belzer for <laughs> getting through getting that, through line. that yeah. line. Wait a minute. You know when that thing ran by me last night, it caught its sleeve on a flat. And if there's some threads from one of those custom sport jackets on there mixed in with some werewolf hairs, then old Billy's going to have a lot of explaining to do, isn't he? They hold. (laughs) So when that werewolf ran by me. When that werewolf ran by me me last last night. night. He, he caught his sleeve 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 on a a flat. On a flat. flat. Thank you. And if he a, ripped one, one of, of those, those custom, custom suits, suit, expensive suit, and he has some and threads has on there, and he's got some, some werewolf, werewolf hair, <laughs> old Billy's gonna have some explaining to do, huh? Sure, okay. That is the thinnest of blackmail evidence. Okay, werewolf talk, huh? <laughs> What are what is he talking about? He's going to take he's he's going sure. This is this is basic werewolf. Yeah, so you you take oh, it Oh, this to, is Wolf in 101. This is Wolf in 101. <laughs> oh, you, okay. you take it to the the Wolf Lab. Right. Yep. Dr. Uh, Dr. Uh and then you take the suit to a uh, a fancy uh a, spoke, th- a threadist. Uh, yes, a threadist. Oh, yes. Oh, I recognize this. <laughs> oh, there's only one man in Hollywood who has this suit. <laughs> who and is what is that? A dog hair? Oh, it's different? <laughs> well, let me analyze it in the system against werewolf. 
You perfect match. <laughs> oh, let me just turn the dial to werewolf. Oh my god. <laughs> I didn't think I would ever have to use the werewolf. <laughs> I thought it was a bit. <laughs> would would Dr. Van Helsing <laughs> Made this in the 1800s to identify threads <laughs> caught on flats. I didn't think we would ever have to use it. But yet here we are all these years later. <sighs> May God have mercy on us. <laughs> I don't know how we did it, but we did it. This is a victory for science over the supernatural. Well, I'd love to stay and talk to you more, but I have a meeting with Deep Throat in the basement of the studio. And then he just turns into a puddle. Yeah. <laughs> He's one of those watermen. Uh, well, I'm tired of living now, so. Well, see you later. <laughs> Goodbye. Once the camera leaves, I disappear. <laughs> I'm one of those Japanese ghosts. <laughs> This is, you're playing Fatal Frame. Um, <coughs> now, it's the pep talk. Lita Ford, the bells. He's going to go confront Billy. She is ter- She's really worried about him because they have such a rich relationship and they've really just built a lot of this over this last... I think we can say they bonded. Yeah. In this evening yeah (laughs) in this oh by the way again there's no police there i mean well no it is the next day i guess this is (laughs) dumb it is it's super so she yeah let's just let's just land this plane before before he i'm sorry do you want me to go ahead okay so before he goes she says wait wait buzz (laughs) i'm sorry i can't get past (laughs) Buzz, that is the dumbest name. So anyway, she uh, she says, um, you know the the remake of The Masked Rider? Well, I know one of the prop guys, and he gave me this gun that has actual silver bullets. That's right. She gives the, the gun to him. He he goes to the meeting. Or did did he go to look for him or did he get called for a meeting? I don't remember. He went to go he went to go look at the flat to go look for oh, the threads. Oh, oh. And, and the werewolf when, um, was already there. Yeah, Billy to, is there Billy's and he says, I say. got here before you. Um, and he he starts offering him deals where he's like, what's it going to take for this to go away? Has Billy been sitting there all day? Just waiting. Just waiting for him to come by and I mean, look at a thread? doesn't have anything else to do. He's a busy Hollywood executive and he's also a werewolf. He's got a lot on his plate. Yeah, but he also doesn't want to get caught. There are so many things in this episode that I'm like, why bother? Like, why did yeah. they give, uh, why did they give Shelley Berman the check, and then he mauled and killed him after? Why even bother doing any, like, having any of those interactions? Why didn't, yeah. why did that happen at all? Why is, why did she go through the trouble of? Uh, spoiler alert, uh, she's uh, she's in on it. And uh, he he kills she's, the werewolf she's with the a pen. Wolf man too. Uh, yeah, she's a wolf man too. It runs in the. You'll pen. never guess, but yeah, he goes he goes to the studio. She, uh, the werewolf is there, makes an offer. Uh, Belzer makes, makes some sweet offers, and Bells just won't take it. Belzer gets greedy and wants to direct, 
which really which really sets him off, which really pisses off the werewolf. The werewolf, I guess, lackadaisically chases him Mm -hmm. back to his office so he can get stabbed with the silver pen we introduced earlier. Well, yeah, Uh, so uh, he shoots the werewolf with the bullets. Oh, yeah, and the the bullets don't work because she's Very little happens to him. He's annoyed at most. That's when he chases him back to the office. The silver pen falls into his lap as the wolfman jumps on him. Again, it, it would have been him. really great to establish a lot more that the this cabinet's a little wobbly. Yeah, yeah, that would be it's very important. Could yeah, just, just finding it, it just finding it in the trash does not indicate they it's do wobbly. do a couple it, it, cutaways to it being a well, wobbly. wobbly. Yeah, that's yeah. that's true. That's true. S- but so, still. Yeah, so then so wolfman's dead, honey baby comes back well, in. He's on he's on the desk breathing very heavily okay well for purposes of the story yeah yeah (laughs) wink uh and then she comes in and she's like oh no that's my uncle uh and he's like i know you were in on a double cross and she's like well it runs in the family and then uh she starts to wolf out kind of but then her teeth are her real teeth and an obvious prosthetic and yeah. uh, Richard, Richard P. Rubenstein. Yeah. Yes. I don't know, man. Let's go to the writer's room. It's it, over. I think, I think we've, I think with, we've... Yeah. With, with all of the convoluted shit in this episode, like I could see that they wanted this to be a longer story, wanted it to be a movie or something, which is fine. So do that. Or if you're going to do this, cut the shit out of this. There was mm-hmm. no reason for any of this. Because like the, the, the kernel of the story is good. Yeah. Or is... is it's fine. It's okay. Fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's and it's so it's just so overwritten. Yeah, it is. And I would say it's well acted. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody does the best that they can with what they have, but what they have is just too much. Yeah. And I mean, do you have any examples, Matt? Let's see. Maybe. maybe. But I didn't just see that werewolf last night. He saw me. Now I've got to get some proof to convince people. Hey, wait a minute. You know when that thing ran by me last night, it caught its sleeve on a flat. And if there's some threads from one of those custom sport jackets on there mixed in with some werewolf hairs, then old Billy's going to have a lot of explaining to do, isn't he? Terrifying. <laughs> um, yeah, it needed a lot less. So so your your suggestion is tighten up the script? Yeah. Do yeah. some cutting? Agreed. Do some cutting. Do some. Yeah, it needs a red pen through yeah. a majority of it. Yeah, and and maybe when they cut, you know, the the fat from it, they can actually expand on a few things to make sense. Yeah, and you know what? I don't need them meeting for the first time. No, no. They need yeah. to be writing partners. Yeah. yeah, and then oh, the big double cross at the end actually has teeth. Yeah, yeah, literally and figuratively. Right. Mm-hmm. But instead, I get this obvious plant, you yeah, know, like, yeah, yeah, you know, it, because then you would have a much better, I would believe so much more about it if they were writing partners. Yeah. Yeah. Then than where we are right now, she is a fucking stranger. Right. Right. They would not have broken down any walls between them because it's obviously obvious that she would be 
going after his job. And like, and they try to make it by the third act, like they have some sort of connection or chemistry or something like that. Oh, hey, we saw a dead body together. I guess we're in love. Yeah, that needs to be, if if that's what your episode's about, cool, then that's that's all you have time to do. Uh, And you did not establish any of that, so it just lands like a a turd. Uh, Maddie, any, any final thoughts? No, and and I think that you're. I think that you're right. That there's a lot that needs to be trimmed so they can actually make sense of the few things that are still left in the story. Yeah, that's all. It's yeah. not too much to ask. You yeah. know. Yeah. Have a story. Uh, Jen, give us a scale. Uh, scale of one to ten of those uh, custom sport jackets mixed with, uh, uh, you know, werewolf hair. Werewolf. One of those werewolf hairs. Six. I'll say six. I'll give I'll give it six for the bells. I have to give it six to stay consistent. All right. Yeah. Yeah. That's it, baby. Four more eps. Four, Four more eps. Barton Fink. Barton Fink. We love you. We're back. We're doing it. Yay. We're in the room. And uh, Matt has a new computer. Hopefully. That won't crash. Yeah. yeah hopefully. Um, yeah, that's been fun. Because I was trying to get these out in July, and yeah, I started editing, and then I would soft lock, and then hard lock, and then I would get like a... So yeah, we'll get all these done and edited, and then we'll go on another vacation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll all take off. We'll all take, take off. Uh, guys, did I forget anything? Gosh, try, try to, to enjoy, enjoy the, the daylight. daylight. Try to enjoy that daylight. Bye. 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 Transmissions from the Dark Side is hosted and recorded by Jen Hansen, Matt Rose, and Matt Noss. Edited by Matt Noss. Hosted by Gabber Media. Our theme music was composed and performed by Slasher Dave. You can find him on Bellyache Records. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr at T from the Dark Side and on Twitter at TFTBS pod. Email us at tfromthedarkside at gmail.com. Until next time, try to enjoy the daylight.